This is Sunday Morning Worship Service recorded January the 24th, 2021 with our senior pastor bringing the morning message, Catch the Vision. Our praise team will start the service this morning and they'll start off with Even Me featuring Larry Barbie. Amen. This morning we're going to start out singing a, a song that says Even Me. You know, it's not just you, even me. God's looking after me too. And this, in this time of, of, of the world, the way it's going, we need that even me. I've heard it all my life, even had it memorized. But it was only words to me. Red letters on a page, just something people say when he brought me to my knees. Those words in John 3:16. God so loved the world he gave, gave his only son away, a way to save a wretch like me. Forgive me even then Who would pay that kind of price I've seen what mercy does He found me where I was And he gave his life for mine God so loved the world he gave Gave his only son away A way to save a wretch like me
knows that's true. He got, he's got the whole world in his hands. No, like As the brother said a while ago, it don't matter how the election turned out. God's still in control no matter what. And you know what? This next song, you read in the headlines, everything in the world's looking bad. But you know what? I know God is still my God. I know. In the morning paper, there on the very front page. Hate and crime, another big scandal. Who will it be today? As the prices rise and morals decline, falls to an all time low. Everything looks bad, it could make me real sad if it wasn't for the things I know. I know my sins are covered by the blood of the righteous lamb. I know that heaven is waiting and the saints will soon move in. I'm not shaking because I'm not staying in this world of pain and sin. Day. It can't be told in 30 short minutes if there's ever any unsolved case. There's another big scene that's waiting in the wings, soon the headlines will unfold. While the world is fried and I'm so enlightened by the things in the book, I know. I know my sins are covered by the blood on the righteous lamb. I know that heaven is waiting and the saints.
give us a praise in the house. How many know this morning? You might be sitting. How many know this morning? He's soon coming. He's coming again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Once again, glad to all of you. Brother Andy, glad to have you and your family here with us tonight, or today also, this morning. I'm trying to get my times all mixed up this morning for some reason. Huh? I had somebody tell me yesterday, but they couldn't remember none, said they got all timers. I said, no, you're like me, you got some timers, you know? So, sometimes, I just, you know, how it goes. Anyway, we're so glad to have you here. This morning, we're going to start off a little bit different this morning. Uh, some of you noticed a rope up here. Uh, my wife asked me, said, what are you going to do with a rope? I said, I'm going to make a noose and hang it over the top of the pulpit. <laughs> she said, really? I said, yeah. And uh, then I said, no, I'm not gonna, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do it. But uh, this is what I'm going to do. I want you guys to come up. You guys this morning. Now, what I'm fixing to do is different. I don't want nobody reading it or nothing I'm saying. I'm just telling you what, I'm just giving you what the Lord told me to share this morning. And then I'm going to get to a message. The message this morning is catch the vision. Catch the vision. And uh, so get your rope, pick it up, move that way just a little bit, out, just don't hang the man on the front rope. <laughs> okay, you got it? Let me explain something to you this morning. This is what I'm going to do. This, uh, the other day I was riding in my truck and uh, I was listening to news on the radio and they were talking about how that... Uh, how our president is signing all these executive orders and how he's reversing everything. Uh, that's, you know, what he's doing. That's fine. I, I ain't got no problem with what he does. He's the president. Uh, that's, that's not got nothing to do with what I'm doing this moment. God spoke in my heart. He said, son, that's what's going on in the church world today. In the church world today. When, 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 when churches, I, I've noticed, and for me personally, I can tell you, I've tried to figure it up the other night, and I think I pastored something like eight, nine churches in the last 40, 42 years. Uh, so every church that I've ever pastored, we start and we move forward. And when we, are, when, we are, when, we, when we leave and go somewhere else, you know what happens? Church goes right back where it was at when I got there. Instead of building on what we have, we always we go back. That's what a lot of churches do. Churches go back. And then the next pastor comes in and guess what he's got to do? He's got to start right back where, where the last one started. And build it back up to that point. And it gets to a certain point. Then it's time for that pastor to go. And guess what? It goes right back where it was at. Then another pastor comes in. He may take it a little further. He might not take it as far. Then it comes right back where it's at. So God said, son, this is what's going on. This is what the Lord showed me. I'm talking about the universal church. I'm talking about here. Okay? Things like this don't happen here. We know that. This is the final level. Okay? Anyway, I got a piece of beach property in Arizona. Okay, so what, what God says going on, it's like, a, it's like a tug of war. You guys pull. Do what I told you to do. Come on. There you go. Oh, come back. This is what's going on in the church today right here. You got, come on, do it again. Keep pulling. It gets so far, oh, and then go, it pulls back. Okay, then every once in a while, come with me, come with me, come with me, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, hold. Now go back. You see what you got going on in churches today? You got a tug of war. Oh, you got a tug of war because people can't come together. Now, let me show you something, okay? Now, I'm going to explain something to you this morning. I'm not all that and then some, but I'm going to just tell you what, God, what God's put in my spirit. If I want a call, man called of God, I wouldn't be here this morning, okay? If I want sent by God, I wouldn't be here this morning. 
Understand what I'm saying? So I'm here by order and ordained of God. Is that okay? So in churches, this is what God said do, son. He said, son, show, show people what, what I can do if they just let me do it. Amen. Now, when, when God sends, and like I say now, sometimes I don't like to talk about preachers because I'm in that category because it sounds like I'm bragging or sound like I'm arrogant. Or no, that's not, no, it's got nothing to do with it. But when God sends an ordained man of God or ordained woman of God and they're pastoring the church and they're preaching the gospel, God said, this is what you need to do. I want you to show the church. Okay, right now, in churches all over, all over America, all over the world, divisions like crazy. People pulling back and forth. This one wants this done and this one wants that done and they can't seem to get together. But God said, son, show the folks when they, when they, were, when they were fall in order of an ordained man, woman of God, this is what's gonna happen. I want you guys to follow me, okay? When I pull this rope, I want you to come behind me. I didn't tell y'all that while ago, but I missed that, okay? So when an ordained man, woman of God comes in and they're being used by God and God's saying, this is what I want you to do, amen? This is where I want you to go. This is how I want it to be done, amen? As long as we got this right here, ain't nothing gonna happen. But God said when they follow, the leading of the Lord, when they follow, the man, how many know that, that the children of Israel followed Moses? Right. Amen? Did they get mad with him? Yeah. Did they fuss at him? Yeah. Did they, did they come against him? Yeah. That's, that's, that, that goes with the territory. That goes with, with pastor position. There's always going to be somebody that don't like what he or she does. Right. They don't like what he or she says. They don't like how they do it. They don't want to do it that way. We want to go back where we were. Let me tell you something, folks. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to Egypt eating garlic and cucumbers when I got steak down the road there. All I got to do is follow God and let God use me for his divine glory. So when God says, son, show the folks when they'll get behind, if they'll get behind me, and I'm talking about get behind God, not behind me, but if you're going to get behind God, you're going to get behind me. Like a stone hitting a rock, I mean, hitting the water. If you don't get behind God, you'll get behind me. Y'all gonna get it one of these days. Amen. So, this is what happens God said, Follow the man of God. Did not follow Moses? Amen. He said, Follow the man of God. Go with me. Come with me. Nope. Round. Round. Come on. Go with me. Look what happens when you follow the man of God. No more division. People are literally coming together, literally communicating with one another, praying with one another, helping one another, lifting one another up. This is what God wants. He wants the church to move forward. And if we're going to keep pulling against one another, then there ain't nothing going to happen. We're going to stay where we are. And when I leave, you'll come right back where you were before I ever got here. So God said, Pete, son, tell my people that we got to get together all over the world and let God do what he wants to do in the church because Jesus is getting ready to come back after a perfect bride without spot blemish or wrinkle. I'm through. Give these guys a hand. God's got some great things in store for Pine Level Church. Not because I'm here. He had things in store before I ever got here. I'm just glad he put me here. Ain't no other place in the world I'd rather be right now than where I'm at standing right now this morning. On my way to glory. Because God is coming, getting ready. To, to, and notice what I told you last week, a week before. The Bible says the bride have made herself ready. He ain't gonna make the bride.
God ready. She's going to make herself ready. She's going to humble down before God and she's going to do what she needs to do that when he comes back, she's going to be that perfect bride that he's supposed to have. I told you some time ago, he ain't coming back after a prostitute. Huh? He ain't coming back after, uh, after a church that's flip-flopping around, that's more in tune with the world than they are with him, that's got idols before him instead of him. Amen. He's coming back after a perfect bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Somebody shout, pray for him. You still love me this morning? Amen. Amen. Brother Joel, put my song on. Somebody wanted me to sing, and I ain't got time to do it, but I'm going to try to do it. Somebody said, you got time. Which one do you want? <laughs> Just put one in. I don't know. Lily the Valley. Turn your mic on. I don't have my hearing aid in, so I'm going to have to hear the music now. Catch the vision. How many know Jesus is coming? Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 27 is where I'm going to start off with. As soon as we sing this song. God, I forgot to pay my band this week. A little bit more volume. All alone and broken hearted Trying to calm the raging battles in my mind In search of many answers The troubled soul just couldn't seem to find I saw a flower blooming where there was no rain or sunshine And I knew not that this flower Would change the rest of my life I found a lily in my valley I found the strength when I was warm I found the place to leave my burden I found the refuge from the storm A place where I trade my dark sky To beam in rays of sunshine I found a lily in my valley And he blooms all the time So if you're down and broken hearted You just can't seem to find peace of mind You're searching for your answers Problems are getting worse all the time This is all you have to do Put your hand to Jesus He'll take you in, he'll break the ties that bind 
He'll be your lily in your valley You can watch him bloom all the time He'll be your lily in your valley He'll be your strength when you're warm He'll be the place where you trade your burden He'll give you refuge from the storm A place where you trade your dark sky To beam in rays of sunshine He'll be your lily in your valley He'll bloom all the time I found that lily in my valley I found the strength when I was warm I found a place to leave my burden He is my shelter from the storm A place where I tread my dark sky To beam in rays of sunshine I found a lily in my valley And he blooms all the time Yes, I found that lily in my valley And he blooms all the time All the time I'm glad to know this morning he's the lily in my valley today, amen. Appreciate the goodness of God. Catch the vision, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 27. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 27 says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. By faith. Somebody say, By faith. You got to have faith in God. Amen. The Bible says that in, in the book of uh, Hebrews, I believe it is, Romans, whichever one, I can't remember now exactly, but the Bible says he's given to every man a measure of faith. Every man. Let me explain that. When you were born again, when you got saved, he gave you a measure of faith. If I'm lost, don't know Jesus, I ain't got no faith. Because what, kind of, what, what have I got faith in if I don't know him? 
I got faith in the king. I got faith in Frank. I got faith. I got, where's my faith at? So he's giving every born again child of God a measure of faith. But like I heard a man say this morning, that measure of faith he gives you, you're supposed to build on that faith and faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger as you live, as you go by every day. Amen. We are, we are to love the Lord with all our heart and we are to have faith in him, doubting nothing with God this morning. Amen. Catch the vision. What is your vision for this church here at the, at the end of, uh, of the first month uh, of this year? Can you believe that? We're approaching the last, the, the very ending of the first month of the of year 2021. We've got one more week, I believe it is. Wow. Look how quick time's going by. Church, we are at a place of crossroads, if you will. The future of this church is up for grabs. The path we choose will have lasting eternal effect either for the good or for the bad. God has placed us here to make a difference. I mean, no, you're here to make a difference. I had a pen one time that said I make a difference. We have something to offer this world. Something that can give them hope. It can give them peace. It can give them comfort. And I'm speaking of no other than Jesus Christ himself. In the world we're living in today, I'm going to tell you something this morning. You and I, we got something to offer this world. And it's time we start giving it to the world because we're living in a time now that we need hope. It's the day and hour we're living in right now. All hopes need to be gone in a lot of places. Peace, no peace. Comfort, that's what we're looking for. And the only place to find it is in Jesus Christ himself. Amen. I believe it's time for us to do that. Before us is a clean slate. A new year. If we do not do it now, then ask. Then can I ask you when will it be done? You and I need to start sharing Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, Pastor, COVID-19 is out. I know it is. Well, there's some hungry people out there that want to know the Lord and they, don't, they ain't got a clue who he is. And it's up to you and I to tell them this morning. Amen. It's up to you now to bring him into church. Yeah, but COVID-19, we've got to be careful. I know we're going to be careful. I understand that. And we're going to do whatever we need to do. We're going to do all the practice. We're going to wear a mask, do everything we need to do. We're going to do all that. But at the same time, I'm not going to refuse to tell folks out there that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died that they can be saved, that they can have hope, joy, peace, and comfort. They can have all those things even in this world we're living in right now. Amen? Praise the Lord. The word vision. Carries with it several different definitions. One is the ability to see something that is not actually visible. The ability to see something that is not actually visible. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, I read a while ago, by faith he forsook Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Vision, the vision, the ability to see something that is not actually visible. Moses saw the invisible, but he knew it was visible. If you understand what I'm saying, amen. God has placed us here to make a difference, amen. We have something, as I said, off the world. And we also, can, can we see ourselves as a church where families come from around, around everywhere, coming to save to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, families being added to the kingdom of God. That's what the church is about. We're about making disciples. We're about building a kingdom. We ain't got to worry about building a church. He'll put it in the church so it pleases him. That's why I say, folks, get under the anointing of God. God will put you where you need to be, and you'll be tickled to death to do what God wants you to do. The reason so many people in church are unhappy? 
Because they're sitting in positions that they, that they want to be in. Look out now. They're, they're sitting in positions they're not called to do. And some are there because they want to be. Some are there because they have to be. Some are there because they don't got no other choice. Pastor in a little bit of churches. I know the deal. Somebody said, Pastor, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to do the best with what I got to work with. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the very best with what I got to work with. But you know what? I find out when you follow God, you keep faith in God, God will start placing people where he wants to. God will start sending you people that need to be sent. God will start sending people that, that can help build the kingdom of God because he puts them in the church so as it pleases him. Let me ask you something. Are you in the church where God's put you at? Now, I ain't talking about, I'm not talking about here at Pine Level. You'll remember the church, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about are you where you are in this church this morning? Are you where God has ordained you to be? Are you in that position that God has got you in uh, and you're ordained to be in that position uh, and God's going to use you to help do whatever's got to be done to build the kingdom of God? That's what I'm asking. Or are you there because you want to be? I got to be careful. Pastor Mike, you retired. Bless your heart. <laughs> God won't let me retire. I ain't old enough, he said. I'm not quite as old as Brother Mike. Maybe when I get as old as Brother Mike, I retire. I lost my thought. Anyway, let me tell you this. Pastors do the best they can do with what they got to work with. Is that clear? Understand? But I'm thankful here at Pine Level, we got a whole lot to work with. I'm at a church that uh, now that uh, Brother Woody, that I'm able to sit back and not do as much as we have had to do in the time past. You know, you, you know the history of our ministry or something. You know where we've been. We, we've had to do it all. From cutting the grass to mowing, it, to, to mowing the yard to, to doing all that kind of We had to do it all. You know, and we didn't mind doing it because that's what that's where God sent us to what God sent us to do. But now I sit back and I thank God because we got help to do what needs to be done, and I don't have to do a lot of things that needs to be done. Amen. Even though sometimes I want to be involved in it. Amen. I'm, I'm a preacher that likes to get involved. I don't have to run it and control it and all that kind of good stuff. But but if there's something going on, I like to be there. Every once in a while I miss I miss something's going on. I miss the, I miss the taking out of, of the uh, crystal tree and all that kind of stuff that Friday night. You know why? Because I absolutely forgot it. Just being honest with you. Not that I want to, didn't want to be here. Not that something else was going on. I just absolutely forgot. I walked in Sunday morning. I said, dog, they've done cleaned up everything. And I knew it was going to be because, because it's been announced. As a matter of fact, I think I'm the one that announced it. Let's see, but I want to be involved. So I'm thankful for what we have. But let me tell you this. There are some times, and I've noticed over the years, that sometimes you're passing churches uh, and people are, are there because that's what they want to do. That's where they want to be. They don't want nobody else doing this but me. I'm the only one that can do this. I got news for you. There's other folks can do something that you're doing. Okay? I'm just preaching this morning. Folks on the internet, you preach and listen to me. You know where I'm at. You know where I'm understanding. You got people that say, nope, this is it. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm staying. Let me tell you something, folks. If we get under the, 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 the direct will of Almighty God, 
If we get under that anointing and that ordained, that ordained place that God wants us in, I'm going to tell you something, it'll go as smooth as kitten. Amen. I, I've been on a lake before and I don't know much about fishing, but I try to. I, I don't know much about golfing, but I've tried to three times and it didn't work. So I don't do a lot of golfing. But I have been out on the lake on boats and stuff and, and the boat be sitting still and that water look like just a pure piece of glass crossed out. That's smooth. I'm telling you something, folks. When we fall under the direct order of Almighty God, it's going to go as, as smooth as kittens. Amen. There'll be no confusion. There'll be, there'll be, no, there'll be no, no division. There'll be none of that kind of stuff because we're where God and doing what God wants us to do. And when we do that, amen, that's when God's going to really be blessed and the church going to move forward like she's never moved forward before. Amen. God told me years ago, he said, son, you're not in the church building business. You're in the kingdom building business. You build a kingdom. You help me build a kingdom. I'll build my church the way I want it to be built and I'll put them where I want them to be put then they can do what I want to be done and the church is going forward for the glory of God. Am I making any kind of sense to you guys this morning? Because something is in the making right now. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. Something behind the scenes is going on right now that I don't know about. But I just got that sense. I just got that feeling that something's in the midst, in the making. God's up to something. And he just ain't let me figure exactly out what it is this morning yet. But I got news for you. The church right now is at the point that she might better get ready to make herself ready because Jesus is soon coming back. Can I get an amen? For the way, for the way I remember that song back when I was a child, the red, yellow, black, and white, everybody, they're all precious in the sight of the Lord this morning. And I believe that it, that it, is, it is the heart of God that every church be filled to overflowing with people coming to Christ, being forgiven, their names being added to the book of life. I believe that this morning with all my heart. God is ready for the church to make herself ready. I can tell you honestly that many of our churches have fallen to a state of a social club mentality. I'm glad Pine Love is not a social club mentality. You got some churches got the little bar set up in the back. You can take you a little drink of wine or something before service, right after service, whatever you want to be. I don't believe in that junk. Amen? Some folks say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with social drinking. Let me tell you what social drinking does. Social drinking turns into alcoholics. Amen? Let me leave that alone. I fill a pool. We like things just as they are. But I wonder if God is happy the way things are. Huh? When 70%, 70% attend only one service a week, 70% attend only one service a week, and thank God here at Pine Level, it's been, it's, it, it, it's been brought to my attention because I asked for it. Can you tell me the percentage of the time payers in our local church? You know what I got? I got, I told you, I told you back, back a, few, a month or two ago, the percentage of time payers in, in, in Pine Level is very unusual. You don't hear this very often. In Pine Level was 89.7 or something like that. In other words, 90% of the people at Pine Level pay tithes into the church for the glory of God. 90%. Most places it's 20%. 20% carry the load. 20% do most of the work. But here 90% carry the load. Amen. And a large percentage carries the load. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You had a chance right there to praise God like never before. Amen. When we have become so seeker sensitive that the gospel has been so unclear that no one is ever challenged to live right before the eyes of God. Amen. 
I was listening to someone on TV this morning. He was talking about that, that the, the, the bishop, the pastors in a, in a certain district, uh, they got, a, they got a, a letter from the state bishop uh, because they were getting ready to, to, to legalize marijuana in that particular state. Uh, and they, they got a letter from the state bishop told, telling them, said, look, uh, don't, don't, don't be mentioning anything about sin from the pulpit. Uh, don't be talking about mores and all this stuff from the pulpit. Uh, you might offend somebody. You might run somebody away. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, if it offends somebody uh, for me to talk about Jesus Christ and him crucified, uh, then you will just have to be offended because without him you ain't got nothing this morning. If you have the whole world, if you ain't got Christ, you ain't got nothing. Said the pastor, he asked the district, well, how are we supposed to vote on this marijuana, legalizing marijuana? How are we supposed to vote on that? Slipping away, slipping away. Can we not once again realize that without Christ, they're lost. You see, God wants us to realize the importance of being his hand extended, being his mouthpiece, amen? May we be able to, for him to work and flow through us. May he be able to work and flow through us so the kingdom of God will grow. My God gives us souls for our labor. That's what I'm praying for. I'm talking about your family, your neighbors, those you work along beside of. Amen. Can we not once again realize that without Christ they're lost and undone without the Lord will spend eternity in the torments of hell? Moses, the word says, was faithful. He persevered. He stayed the course because he caught a glimpse of him that was in the can you catch the vision? That's what I'm talking about. What is the vision, Pastor? Catch a glimpse of God. Know who he is. He sent his son that you can be saved this morning. Moses caught a glimpse of that invisible God that was visible. Hard to explain. Church, Moses caught a glimpse of God. He saw God in such a way that it changed his life forever. How many know when you meet Jesus Christ, it changes your life forever? This is what I hope happens even here today that you and I We'll get a glimpse of him that we will see him in such a way that we will never be the same as we are right now this very minute. Get a glimpse of Jesus. Catch the vision this morning. Can I tell you this? That when you get a glimpse of him, you will live more in his world than in your world. Here was it. When you get a glimpse of God, when you get a glimpse of Christ, you live more in his world than you do your world. Now notice what this did to Moses. The Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Raised up in the Egyptian palace. Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, we know. He, she was out taking a bath and there he was in this little, little basket, this bulrush, this little basket thing. And the baby cries out and said, go get her, bring her to, the, to, the, to, to the Pharaoh's daughter. She says, oh my, I'm gonna take this baby. And it's amazing how God works things out. She said, you want me to go get you a Hebrew woman? Yeah, go get him. Went and got the mother of Moses. She got paid to raise her own young. She was on social security and didn't even know it. She got paid to raise her own young. And while she was raising young, guess what she did? She, did, she, she didn't do like we do today. We just raise youngest. Today, people want to be their children's best friend. You can't do that. You got to be a parent to them. She taught that youngin the whole time she was with him. She said, you and Pharaoh's palace here. You are Pharaoh's daughter's child. That's what they're saying, Moses. But I want you to understand something. You're not their child. You're my child. And this is what I want you to understand. You can't worship the idols that they worship, but you got to worship Almighty God. 
God saved you for a purpose. He's got you here for a purpose. They were, they were, they were aborting babies like crazy before you were born. They were trying to find you, but they never did. We hid you out, amen. There's been abortion going on. Even though children three and four and five years old were being killed, even in Jesus, they want to do. They killed babies. They killed baby boys. Amen. Let me tell you something this morning. They're still killing children. But every once in a while, God will save one. He'll bring them up. And it might be another Billy Graham. It might be another Frank Zell. It might be whoever God wants them to be today. God knows what he's doing. God help those folks that's doing the abortions, those that are giving the abortion. Moses caught a glimpse of it. He refused to be called. I mean, let me tell you something, folks. He had the best, he had the best you can imagine in the king's palace. Everything was there for him. Sitting at the king's table. The finest of clothes. Everything was good. When he got toys, it won't just, it won't just little mediocre things. He got the real deal. He had the best of the was, but he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Because he loved God more than he did the worldly things that he was a part of. Amen. He caught a glimpse of him who is invisible. He changed his life. He refused to be called a citizen of Egypt. What is Egypt? It's the type of the world. As children of God, we too must refuse to be called citizens of this world. You see, how many know this world is not our home? We're just passing through. This ain't my home, folks. I got a home in glory. Amen. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter, chapter 14, I believe it is, chapter, 12, chapter 14, in my father's house are many mansions. Yeah, 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go, I go prepare a place for you that where I am there you shall be also. Mm, I don't know about you. I'm getting ready to get out of here. Amen. Amen. Our home is waiting for us somewhere beyond the blue. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, 21. For our conversations is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I'm going to be just like he is one of these days. <laughs> Glory to God. First Peter, first Peter 1, 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Aren't you glad he's still living this morning? Bible says, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I right now, amen, to an inheritance incorruptible. Ah, look, look what we got. To an, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, amen, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, for me, amen, amen. I got an inheritance that's out of this world, amen. Somebody said, so I was, you, know, I, you know, I'm talking to sometimes people that say, well, pastors retire. I said, yes, some do, some don't, some keep on preaching, and there's nothing wrong with retiring. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with retiring. When God releases me, I retire. When God releases me, I'll sit down and I'll quit doing this stuff. But God hasn't released me yet. As long as I got breath in my body, I believe he's going to keep me moving. He's going to keep me going. Amen? Because I don't want to sit still. I got a story to tell and I want to tell somebody that Jesus Christ, he went to the cross of Calvary, shed his precious blood that they could be saved this morning. They could be healed, delivered, and set free. Every demon cast out. Their lives being made perfect in the sight of Almighty God. Somebody shall praise the Lord. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness, heaviness through manifold temptations. 
that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something folks every once in a while your faith's going to be tried but make sure when it's tried you come out as pure gold because at the end of the way he'll be able to look at you and say hey you kept the course you fought the fight you kept going glory to God welcome home to the saints of God. Glory to God. Who are kept by the power of God. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Verse 17. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold. Amen. Whom having. Verse 18. Whom having not seen ye love. In whom though now ye see him not. Yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. How many has ever seen God? How many has ever seen God face to face? Moses told him one time. He said look. I want to see you. God said, son, if you see me, you'll drop dead. You couldn't handle it. It's too much for you. God said, this is what I'll do for you. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And when I pass by, I'll put my hands over your eyes. So you won't be able to see. But when Moses came down from the mountain, the people, the children of Israel were afraid of him. Why were they afraid of him? Because his face shone. Why? Because he's been in the very presence of Almighty God. His face shone. They were afraid of him. But when he spoke, he spoke with that authority that God gave him. Amen. And people listen. Let me tell you something, folks. When you get that relationship like Moses had with God, your face is going to shine too. Not only your face is going to shine, your heart's going to shine. Why? Because your whole life has changed. You're no longer the person you were. You're bought with a price now. You're washed in the blood. Amen. You're different. Paul said, no longer I, but Christ liveth in me. That's who's supposed to be flowing through us. Christ is flowing through us instead of we flowing ourselves. How many know when you got saved, you got sanctified, the old man was crucified. And the only way to keep that old man crucified is buying through the spirit and the power of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Every once in a while, Jerry wants to rise up and has a whole, whoa, no, 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 no. That don't happen. Just get out of the way. Get out of the way. We have to keep putting flesh down. Constant battle all the time. Just like this right here. There's a spirit inside you. Two spirits inside you and they're pulling on what gets one another all the way. And the one you yield yourself to, that's the one servant you're going to be. But if I yield myself to God, that's what I want to yield to. I want the flesh to stay crucified. I want him to stay dead. I don't want him rising up no more in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? He's crucified. Huh? Glory. Receiving, verse 9. Verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Church, we are headed somewhere, and heaven is our destination. This is not all there is. There is something but a coming. Peter said, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you have not seen him, you love him. How many love God this morning? Amen. I told you last week, a week before, when it was a little girl in, in, in Sunday school drawing a picture, and the Sunday school teacher walked by and said, Honey, what are, you, what are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing God. This is a picture of God. She said, Nobody knows, the teacher said, Nobody knows what God looks like. She said, They do now. I'm drawing a picture of him. So, you know, we don't know what God looks like. We know what the Word of God tells us. We got this to stand on. We got this to go by. And I know he's sitting in, in, in glory right now. He's sitting on the throne right now. Amen. I know he's there without a doubt. Even though I haven't seen him, I still have faith in him. Because I know one day he's sending Jesus Christ is coming to get, get, take his bride away. Amen. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. amen. 
Even though you do not see him, you believe in him. Peter said, you are filled with joy. Somebody say joy. joy. It's hard to find people this day and time in this hour we're living in right now. All the, all the chaos that's going on in the world, it's, it's hard sometimes to find people, find somebody that's really full of joy. That's really excited about the life they're living right now. Well, pastor, it's hard to get excited about that. No, it ain't. If you got Jesus Christ, it ain't hard to get excited in hell. Come on. Don't look to what's going on around about you. Don't look at your situation, your problems. You look to God other problems. Because he's the one that can handle it all. Amen. That's where your faith is. Your faith's in Christ. Not in what's going on around you. I know it's tough. I know we're tried. I know trials come up. I know things are happening. I know bad things are happening to us. But let me tell you something. You look deep enough in everything you're going on in your life right now. You'll find God and he'll rise up and join you. That people won't even understand. How can you be like you are? Now all the things that's going on in your life right now. Because I know him. I caught a, I caught a glimpse of the vision. I caught the vision, amen? amen? Things in this world may excite you and make you happy. You may get joyful over your favorite team winning. Amen? Now it's hard to tell what team is what because it done changed all the names. I, ain't, I don't know a thing to worry about football, who plays it, who don't play it. But I guarantee you there's a whole lot of folks can tell you every team member on, on teams or their favorite team. But I asked him, can you tell me the name of the disciples? Oh, wait a minute. There's only 12 disciples, 45 football players. They can go right down the list and call them. Something wrong with that picture. The Redskins, you know what they were? Redskins, they've been changed to something, Washington something, ain't they? Stupid. Crazy. Anyway, that's the world we're living in today. They want to change everything. But I got news for them. They'll never change this right here. This right here will never change. That's why I can preach it. When everything else is upside down, the Bible declares this is going to stand when the world's on fire. So I can preach it regardless of what's going on in the world. Amen? But I've got something greater. I have a place waiting for me that has not been made with the hands of man. A place whose builder and maker is God. There's another kingdom. Today, we are here. We see this building. But there's another kingdom. If God were to open your, listen to me. If God were to open our eyes right now, where you're sitting at right now, you people by the way of internet, if God were to open your eyes right now, we would see angelic beings in this place huh, sitting beside you, walking up and down the aisles. Huh, this place would be surrounded with angels huh, because God said he encamped angels around about us. Huh, they protect us all the time. Huh, but you know what? Huh, we'll think about everything going on in our life huh, that we don't even think about the angels being there to help us protect us. Huh, we don't think about the presence of God being there with us all the time. Huh, we need to get our eyes on God. We need to get, catch a glimpse of, uh, get, get a glimpse of the vision uh, and know who he is uh, and know he's with you all the time. I'm never leaving or forsaking. He's always there regardless of what you're facing this morning. Good God of mine. Isaiah saw that world in Isaiah 6, 1 through 5. In that year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. Can I tell you something? The whole earth is still full of the glory of God. Listen to this. Verse 4. And the post of the door moved 
as at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Nowadays, the only way to get smoke in services is that little machine sitting back there that's sending off that smoke that comes and gathers all around your feet and all that kind of stuff. Those lights bleaking and carrying on, doing all kinds of things. I've talked to some people that's done that kind of stuff. I said, why are you doing that? Because we want people to come. This will entice them. No, 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 no. You don't entice people to do nothing. If you don't have God in the house, that's who draws people to the house of God. Not all these gimmicks and bright lights and all this other junk that's going on. Amen. That's not what gets it done. It's the very presence of God. Walk in church, got everything painted black. That's the presence to start with. Everything painted black. We got all this stuff going on. They got some dude up there that's. Don't know how to use a record player. That's what it was called in my day. Now it's and people getting excited. Let me tell you something. That don't excite me. He excites me. He's all I need this morning. You see, the culture's changing. If, so the culture's changing. That means the church has got to change with the culture. You better back up and regroup. Because I'm going to tell you something. The blessings is not in the crowd. It's in the cloud. Amen? Come on. At the sound of their voices. Wait a minute. Then said I, Isaiah, skip that. Then said I, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. How many have seen the King this morning? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. This church, this building right here, right now, is full of the presence of God. How you know, Pastor? Because you're here. Amen. Where's the kingdom of God? In us. In us. The kingdom of God is here. Not out there, in here. This is the kingdom of God. So we in the, God has allowed us to be in his presence. So this whole place, as I said, if God could open your spiritual eyes and let you see, there'd be angels sitting right beside you all over the building. There would be angels walking up and down the aisles all around the building. If we go outside and look, there'd be angels walking all around this building protecting us, flying over protecting us. Yeah, that's what we got. God says, catch, catch a glimpse of the vision. Catch the vision. Catch the vision. Catch him. Know who he is. Let me finish up here right quick. I'm about half done. At the sound of their voices, the door, the door post and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Revelation of verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. 
I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. How many is in the spirit this morning? And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches of which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Samaria, and unto uh, Pergamos, and unto uh, Tyotara, and unto uh, to Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to his feet and gird about the paps with a golden girdle his head and his hairs were white like wool his feet as white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as a thousand as the sound of many waters and he, he, he had he and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as of the sun shineth in, the, in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not, I am the first, I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. And have the keys of hell and hell and of death, amen. He holds it all this morning. Put your faith and trust in him. You're going to be okay. Yes. Church, I just want you to understand something. There's a world beyond that which we know. There's a dimension beyond which we move, live, and see. That is why Jesus said when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. He said, when you pray, Matthew 6, 9, and 10, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Pray that my kingdom, my world, will invade your world, is what he said. Pray God's world will invade my world. Oh, that God would invade us in such a way that our world, our wants, our desires no longer matter no more. It's all about him and him crucified. Is this what is wrong in the church? Afraid so. Too many sitting on church pews are more concerned about building their own kingdom than the kingdom of God. I'm talking about the church world. Illustration, I'm telling you this. How many of you bought a new car? Woody, my friend there. I saw him one day a few years ago. He must have one of them senior moments. He pulls up on a Mustang. I said, my word, but which was fine. I started to tell you something I ain't going to tell you. But it was brand new. You bought it brand new, right? Bought a brand new. How many of you ever bought a brand new car? Brand new truck. And you get in that thing, you close the door, especially if it be leather, and it's got that smell. Good gracious, I reckon. There it is. I mean, it's just, you just... Don't breathe too hard because you'll get it all and there won't be nothing there when you get home. <laughs> you see, some, are, some all they see is their cars, their houses, money, recreation, personal pleasure. That's all that motivates us, compels us sometimes. Illustration, new car, smell, but eventually that smell vanishes. It don't last long. Let me tell you what you can do. You can go down to Advanced Auto or AutoZone or CarQuest or somewhere else. They got a little bottle. It's called New Car Smell. Psh, psh, you spray it in there. So you can have it smell as long as you want. But you go from the real thing to a counterfeit. 
Uh-huh. This is how it is in this world. When you put everything you have in a basket, you have to keep spraying it to keep it smelling good. That new car eventually loses its luster. That home eventually loses its beauty. That money is no longer satisfied. Somebody won a billion dollars the other night at the lottery. Somebody did. I keep looking on the ground to find a ticket. Doesn't want to pick it up and take it in the store and say, check this out for me. And they're going, beep, beep. hey, hey, man, you won the jackpot. Really, preacher? <laughs> a billion dollars. Somebody told me, somebody says, yeah, they hit that billion dollar thing. I said, they did? I said, you know what? I believe, I honestly believe if I was to get that kind of money, I believe I could make it. One man told me, he said, yeah, I believe I could too. I'm making on $28,000 a year now. I believe I could make it on that. Amen. So, you know, so hear me. Nothing in this world will ever satisfy. Nothing will ever bring you true peace and joy. It's all just stuff. I need the presence and power of Christ in my life more than I need anything, more than I need stuff. I ask you just what is important to you, your world or God's world? Which one are you working for, laboring in, your world or God's world? Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. He refused to be associated with Egypt. He walked away from it all. The reason he got a glimpse what happened, what did he see, not quite sure, but it was enough to change him. He got a glimpse. He caught the vision. Amen. Catch the vision. The invisible God changed his life forever. I spoke about catching a vision. When I caught the vision, it changed me. It changed my lifestyle. It's no longer me, my way, my wants. It's all about him and him crucified. Let me tell you something. When you're living more in his world than your world, then nothing matters at all to you what's going on in this world. I ain't got to have the things in this world. Thank God for people that can get it. Amen. I have people tell me all the time, I said, Pastor, you need to go get you a new truck. I said, I do? Yeah. I said, no, no, no. I'm going to put some money in my truck because I like my truck. I'm going to get it fixed. I'm going to put some money in there. I, I, you know, I could put two or $3,000 in my truck and it'd be over with. Go buying a truck nowadays is like buying a house. And people tell me, say, well, yeah, but you know, they don't want to see, they don't want to see the preacher riding around an old piece of junk. I said, I got news for it. This ain't a piece of junk. This is my truck. Yeah, but if you get a new truck, they, they will look. I said, I ain't looking nobody to look up to me. I'm looking up to Jesus. And whatever he wants to do is fine with me. Amen. I don't have that a new truck like buying a house. I didn't pay but $52,000 for my, for my house. I was looking at a truck not long ago, sixty-five dollars to $75,000 for a truck. I said, you people are crazy. Amen. I don't need that stuff. Before I met my wife, I was doing this. If you don't believe it, that's Woody. <laughs> I said, what are you going home this weekend? No, I can't go this weekend. I, he, he, he had a pie job. He drove for the colonel. And where the colonel went, he went. What the colonel ate, he ate. He had a pie job just riding around with the colonel. We out there in the woods, he coming around looking at what we're doing. I said, what are you going home? I said, no, I got, to, I got to say, I got duty this week with the colonel this weekend. I said, okay. So I take off walking. And I get there Friday night, 6, 37 o'clock. I come riding in the woods. Then I call her. I said, come get me. I'm walking. You know, I ain't got nothing to drive, so come get me. So she had a brand new car, thank God. Her daddy blessed her with a brand new car. He said, when I give my daughter away, I ain't only giving her away, I'm giving away a brand new car. <laughs> and believe it or not, it was a Mustang. <laughs> it was a Mustang too. Amen. When I caught the vision, God changed my life. How do you know? You should have seen me before and see me now. Complete different individual. Complete different human being. Nothing like the same. Amen. Nothing. It's no longer me. It's no longer my way or my wants. It's all about him. 
God, would want, God won't ask what kind of fancy car you drive or drove. He'll ask you how many people you took to church who didn't have a transportation. God won't ask the square footage of your house. He'll ask you how many, how many you helped who didn't have a house. You see, God won't ask how many fancy clothes you had in the closet. He'll ask you how many of those clothes you gave away to those who didn't have any. And God won't ask you how many material possessions you had. He will ask whether those material possessions dictated your life. Did you have to, there's nothing wrong with having material possessions. Don't misunderstand. There's nothing wrong with you have all the boats, all the, all the cars, all the, all the, all, anything you want. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But when that possesses you, instead of you possessing it, that's where the trouble's at. Amen. Have all the money you want. Have so much money you got to have a bank truck parked in your parking in your parking lot in your driveway. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when that money when that money dictates you, instead of you dictating that money, that's where the problem comes in at. There's nothing wrong with having nothing. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God won't ask your highest salary was. He'll ask if you if you trampled over any people to obtain that salary. There's a lot of people out there in the workforce today that will stomp you down to the ground to get, to get what they want. Amen. God won't ask how much overtime you work. He's going to ask you, did you work overtime for your family? And God won't ask you, did you help yourself? He will ask what you did to help others. You see, God won't ask what neighborhood you lived in. He will ask what other neighborhoods did you visit. And God won't ask how many times you told the truth. He won't ask you how many times you told the truth. He's going to ask you how many times you told a lie. Well, pastor, it's only a little white lie. Can I tell you something? A little white lie is a flat out lie. And the Bible says all liars. I had that place in the lake to burn a fire and brimstone. God won't ask about the color of your skin. He'll ask about the color of your heart. Let us catch a vision and let the vision catch us. Come on, Brother David, I'm finishing up. This is a little story. It's a story I want to share with you. There was, there was a blind girl, as the story goes, who hated herself because of her blindness. Not only did she hate herself, but she hated everyone else except her loving boyfriend. She had a boyfriend she loved to death. She was blind. He was always there for her. She said that if she could only see the world, she would marry her boyfriend. If I could just see the world, I'd marry my boyfriend. One day, somebody donated a pair of eyes to her and then she could see everything, including her boyfriend. She saw the world, she saw her boyfriend. Her boyfriend asked her, now that you can see the world, will you marry me? The girl was shocked when she saw that her boyfriend was blind also and refused to marry him. Her boyfriend walked away in tears, brokenhearted, and later wrote a letter to her that simply said, just take care of my eyes, dear. See what the boyfriend did? He donated his eyes so that she could see. She sees the world, she sees him, I ain't got nothing to do with you no more. He had given up so much for her, yet she wanted nothing to do with him. The picture is, this is a picture of those who are in the church sometimes. We have been given so much. He's done so much, and yet some want, want so little to do with him. He gave her his vision. She now was able to see what he saw all along. Let our prayer be today, Lord, give us your eyes to see with. Let us catch your vision to see what you see. You see, folks, God don't want us to see what we see. He wants us to see what he sees. 
I pray often, God, please close my natural eyes and open my spiritual eyes that I can see situations and see into things like you see it. Because if I see it with my eyes, I'm going to miss something. I don't want to miss nothing. God, please close my natural eye and open up my spiritual eye that I can see this world and see things like you see it. Amen. Can you see what God sees? Everyone stand to your feet. Let us be his hands. Let us be his eyes. Let us reach out to those who need Jesus. If we love as, if we love as Jesus loves, we will see as Jesus sees and we will do as he would do. Amen. So let's start seeing as Jesus sees. We need to be his hands. We need to be his eyes. We need to be reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something, folks. There's a lot of people in this world today dying undone without God that need Jesus in their life. Amen. How many? I'm trying to remember. One million, four hundred some odd people died because of this coronavirus. Is that what it is all over the world? Ever, what was it? Every 30 seconds or so somebody dies. Or every three seconds of the day, I was talking about every three seconds somebody dies, not necessarily with coronavirus, but every three seconds somebody dies. That means while I just told you that there were probably 10, 15 people died while I spoke there. Let me tell you something, folks. There's people out there that need Jesus. You and I have what they need. Amen. We have the bread of life. We need to start throwing out bread. Jesus took five loaves and fed 5,000 people plus the wives and children. Somewhere between 15, 20 people, he, 15, 20,000 people he fed with five loaves of bread. That's what he wants us to do. Break off pieces of the bread of life, which is him, and start sharing it and giving it to people. Amen? He is the bread of life. Amen? If they need a drink of water, he's the water. Whatever they need, Jesus is the answer. Can I get an amen? Ain't God good today? Praise the Lord. If you're here this morning and you need anything from God, the altar's wide open. Just don't trip on this rope. If you need prayer, come. We'll pray. If you're lost and done without God, pray. God will save you. Come to the altar. You folks, by the way, have internet. If you need Jesus in your life, bow before the Lord. Call upon him. The Bible says repent. Ask forgiveness of the sin. He will forgive you. You call out on Jesus. The Bible says no wise will he cast you out. He'll pull you in. Your life can change you like everybody's life in here changed. Amen. So much I praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. If you feel love, the Lord come. Amen. Brother David.
wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing comes out against. What a wonderful name it is. The name Watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street, and we welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. 
Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots of other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.